Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. The question today is, do regulators still care about compliance? I think the answer is pretty obviously a resounding yes, but I did want to mention it in no small part because I've been thinking about the question as I prepare for a webinar I'm going to be doing with SAI Global here in just a couple of days. On March 28th at 10 a.m. Central Time, so 11 Eastern, there's going to be a webinar entitled, You Did What? the U.S. Department of Justice Expectations for Ethics and Compliance Programs in 2018. Uh, this is a free, 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 free webinar, so please join us. Uh, it has also been approved for CCEB credit for those of you who have CCEP uh, uh, certifications that you need to keep up. Um, I believe they're also looking to get CLE credit. I'm not certain of the status of that, but you need to go to, to their website and check that out. There will be a link for signing up for this free webinar in the show notes for this program. So please check it out if you're interested and you have some free time in the early afternoon on Wednesday, March 28th. But getting ready for this got me thinking again about a question that's come up before, and I've done some podcasting in the past around this notion that um, post-2016, somehow the Department of Justice the federal government in the United States in general, other regulators don't care about compliance. Um, I think there's lots of reasons why that is a bad idea uh, or, or possibly not something that's supported by evidence, but I just wanted to concentrate, as I always do, on three things that you need to keep in mind that I think show the opposite. First of all, um, there have been changes that have been made since the election in 2016, since the uh, sea change uh, that many people uh, who perhaps don't pay as close attention to compliance and ethics uh, thought uh, might mean a change in the focus around compliance, corruption, and related issues. The first and foremost is uh, that in February of 2017, we got the memorandum, which I've podcasted about, which we've talked about extensively since 2017, and we'll continue to talk about uh, as long as it exists. Uh, as a follow-up to that, we have, uh, in the fall, we had the Deputy Attorney General uh, state publicly that uh, there are plans to consolidate a lot of the informal messaging around not just compliance, but all uh, aspects of organizational prosecution into the U.S. Attorney's Manual. Now, back then, I believe I said, as, as many others did, that we didn't know how long that process might take. It might take a long time, might not happen as quickly as we thought, but then we were surprised. We had a present just before Christmas where the uh, what was popularly known as the FCPA pilot program was enshrined in the U.S. Attorney's Manual. Uh, I think it's fair thing to expect that we're going to con continue to see uh, some of the informal uh, pronouncements and statements uh, around corporate prosecution and compliance in particular uh, be enshrined in the U.S. Attorney's Manual as we go on. So the first uh, point that is important to debunk this notion that uh, the, the Department of Justice in particular is not paying attention is the fact that they've been doing a lot. 
And in fact, uh, I'm going to be talking about that quite a bit on this uh, on, when, on Wednesday in two days about the things that they've been doing, about the things uh, that have been enshrined uh, since 2016. There has, it's not as if there has been quiet or retrenchment at all. Uh, if anything, there's been a lot more movement. The second thing uh, that I think uh, points out that this is a bogus notion is the uh, if you look in one area where compliance is a huge issue, and that's uh, uh, anti-corruption or here in the United States, the uh, Foreign Corrupt Practices Act. If you look at the open investigations for FCPA violations, both at the SEC and with the Department of Justice, they had a record year in 2017, and it looks like they're going apace here in 2018 so far as we're getting through the first quarter. It's been very busy uh, on that one area. Now, that doesn't encompass all that all regulators and all, um, uh, uh, all of those that have an enforcement responsibility in the government here in the United States are doing, but I think it's indicative of, of what's going on. And it's also interesting that outside, again, of our smaller community, our compliance community, and those who pay attention to um, what's going on with FCPA prosecutions, the perspective, I think, is still this notion that it's uh, that things changed in 2016 and that, the you know, there's less regulation, this amorphous less regulation, which means that uh, supposedly they're not enforcing the law or they're not enforcing the law strenuously. Well, <clears throat> if you just look at this one area, um, as a test area, that's not the case. So that's something you can relate to your stakeholders who may hold a different opinion having viewed the, the popular media. So that leads to the third point, which I want to spend a little bit of time on. If you haven't had experience going through a organizational investigation that then led to either a case with the SEC or some other regulatory agency or led to, God forbid, uh, some criminal investigation, maybe some individuals charged, maybe the organization charged, then let me uh, give you a little insight with regard to these investigations. They take a long, long time. A long time. What an investigator in 2018 is looking at for the first time, uh, let's, let's just take a hypothetical case where some whistleblower has called up the SEC whistleblowing hotline and left a message. That message has been uh, followed up on, cooperated, they've uh, gathered additional information, and they have now initiated, initiated investigation, let's say, in March of 2018. It would not be abnormal or outside the realm of possibility that there would not be a plea or uh, a case going to trial sometime in 2021, 2022, five years down the road, four years down the road. That is not abnormal for a timeline for these sorts of complex investigations. You need to understand that and you need to be able to have that kind of conversation with somebody internally that maybe is expressing doubts about the current posture. These things are lengthy in time, extensive in scope, and don't happen overnight. So things that might get charged, uh, for lack of a better term, whether that's a, a civil case being filed or 
or or or a subpoena being drawn up and and plopped on your organization or on an individual. Uh, that may be indicative of a case that's been under investigation since 2015 or maybe even earlier if uh, it was a slow developing case. So the things that are popping right now, the things that are actively and under investigation that we see information about in the media, those are springing from investigations that happen, happened well before the election of 2016. And that's an important fact for people to understand if they believe that all of a sudden there was a magic wand waved and things changed uh, on in November of 2016 or in January of 2017. Because things were in the pipeline regarding investigations that can't be undone. The other thing that uh, is important to understand is if you are in an industry that has previously has not undergone scrutiny for a particular issue or set of issues, but then all of a sudden one of your peer organizations has an issue that they settle and say it gets announced, it gets settled in March of 2018. Well, you can expect that there is going to be a serious focus on your operations and the operations of other peer organizations in that particular market for a time period at least well after that and probably has been on ongoing before you even knew about it. Because that's how these investigations operate. Perfect example, if you go back a couple of years in the FCPA realm again, just because it's an area where we have a lot of information, there was a, a couple of cases that involved travel agencies uh, uh, having alleged violations of the Foreign Corrupt Practices Act in China. Well, subsequent to that, every travel agency that does business in China was either under scrutiny or at least knew they could possibly be under scrutiny for a period of time after that. They go through these industries. You have these highly skilled, highly intelligent investigators and prosecutors that work at the Department of Justice and at the FBI and at the other agencies because it's the other thing that a lot of, uh, if you haven't had the privilege of going through one of these investigations, you may not know that there are agents out there in every uh, in, in, in pretty much every enforcement agency. And there are, in fact, postal inspectors. If there's fraud involved, uh, oftentimes you'll be dealing with a postal inspector investigating a case. Uh, those investigators are highly skilled and intelligent. And if they get information about one company doing, you know, undertaking certain actions that they believe violate the law, then they are no, they're no dummies. They're going to say, well, if uh, company X is doing this, then we ought to take a look at what company Y is doing because they have basically the same business model. They're in the same industry. They operate in the same countries, same environment. They're going to look into it. They're going to follow it up. And that's an important thing to understand. And all this can happen without anybody knowing anything about it. Before the first company has pled guilty or arranged their settlement, before anything has been made public, it all can be ongoing. And you don't find out about it until you get in, uh, an agent calling you up or a subpoena or otherwise are notified that there's an investigation ongoing. And these things are all happening and they're still happening. And it's important for 
the stakeholders in your organization, if they're speaking up and saying, hey, you know, this is a new day. Uh, we did, why are we spending these dollars? Why are we spending these resources? We have a government that uh, is very pro-business. Uh, why, why are we doing this? Well, the reason why we're doing this is because <clears throat> enforcement has not gone away. We have evidence that shows us that enforcement has not gone away. Number one, they're still making pronouncements. They're still providing guidance around compliance. It's still out there. There's still potential changes in, in uh, the U.S. Attorney's Manual, for example, that we might see uh, before the year is out. Th they are still contemplating how compliance should look, how organizations should conduct their, conduct their compliance programs, what the parameters are for a risk-based compliance program. Sound familiar? Those things are still ongoing. That's number one. Number two, enforcement. When you look at particular areas, particularly things that we have a lot of information about, like FCPA, enforcement is at uh, record levels. It's not gone away. Those prosecutors, those FBI agents, those other agents, those other agencies are all, all out there still enforcing the laws. The laws have not changed. The, the, the kind of issues that companies have been dealing with and finding uh, trouble uh, uh, over the horizon with things like FCPA have not gone away. FCPA has not been repealed and you, you didn't miss it. It didn't, it didn't happen. It's still out there, for example. Uh, the environmental uh, laws and regulations are still out there. The enforcement of those laws and regulations is still ongoing. It's still happening. And you can show uh, the activity and the resources that the Department of Justice, just as one example, have put forward. It's not gone away. And the third thing that stakeholders that might have a different opinion based on popular media need to understand is that these ch any kind of changes to enforcement and investigation are slow. Things, priorities that have been changed since 2017, since January of 2017, aren't going to show up for years. There are ongoing investigations that are in the pipeline that are very mature that we're going to continue to see for years to come. It's not going to happen overnight, even if there are changes. And we're paying attention. And, you know, the messaging I, I know is confusing. And, and, and uh, stakeholders that are confused by the messaging, you can understand. And I think, and this is the point, I think that it actually makes things much more dangerous because you have people in operations, people who are paying attention to popular messaging out there that may take for granted that the, uh, the propaganda <laughs> about uh, the uh, 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 abolition of regulation means that um, the normal rules do not apply for compliance. And they need to be disabused of that and disabused of that very strongly because that is not the case. And there's still a lot of danger out there. Now, I know I've talked about this before, and but, but it just came up, again, in context of getting prepared for this webinar. Um, by the way, I hope to have more partnership webinars with SAI Global here as we move forward. Uh, this first one uh, on Wednesday, March 28th, a couple days from now, 
at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central. Uh, the title is, You Did What? U.S. Department of Justice Expectations for Ethics and Compliance Programs in 2018. Uh, I'm going to be talking about uh, some of the content I just talked about here, uh, about why uh, regulation is not disappearing from this earth uh, and why it's important for organizations to still invest in compliance because the expectations from our friends are still very high. And if you haven't paid attention to what those expectations are for the last couple of years or you are new to the role, um, it's important to understand that uh, uh, the expectations are different than they were uh, five years ago. Very different. Uh, I think best exemplified in the guidance from February 2017, but overall, um, there are a lot of changes. So uh, if you can't join us on Wednesday, uh, continue to join us here on the podcast and where we'll still discuss these topics on a regular basis. Uh, if you have questions, if you have a topic or topics that you would like us to cover in the future, please, please do get in touch. Uh, you can find us at compliancebeat.com or moreheadconsulting.com. Uh, let us know. Uh, we would be happy uh, to hear any suggestions, any questions that you might have. So until next time, thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moreheadconsulting.com.